Kind of scary. Uh-oh, a little Halloween music. Yeah, John. I love it's, it. It's Halloween time. Happy Halloween, John. Happy Halloween. Do you remember uh, doing our Halloween show in... Uh, uh, in Hong Kong. Yeah, yes, I Hong do. Kong. That was fun. Now, I just found out and heard that uh, Halloween was one of your mom's favorite holidays. My mom, yeah. And also, now it seems to be your sister's favorite holiday as well. I mean, she goes all out. My I mean, sister? Oh, yeah, you were yeah, at Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid, to, you know, I couldn't... I would hate to, like, get up early in the morning in that house and see those monsters just, you know, like, you know, say you got up in the middle of the night, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, I would be scared to death. So, you, yeah. You and, uh, you and, uh, you don't go out loud for Thanksgiving, you know? Uh, you Thanksgiving don't, or, or Halloween? Halloween or you don't go out loud for Halloween? <laughs> um, well, um, no, I never did because, you know, I've never been a candy eater. So it wasn't, like, uh, that important. But I, we, you know, years ago, we had a great Halloween party. Me and you planned a Halloween party up in Lake Geneva a long time ago. And, yeah, that uh, used to be fun. We used yeah. to enjoy that. So, I mean, yeah, we did. I mean, I guess we, we did our fair share for Halloween. But I never got invited to those, like, cool Halloween house parties where everybody dresses up. I've never, you know, I never really had that many friends, so um, I never got invited to those. Like, I always heard about those cool parties, you know, but I, it's the only one we threw was the coolest party. Well, we, see, we had to throw a party. Because, yeah, exactly. That New Year's Eve party. Yeah. So so you're saying you weren't one of the cool kids? No, no, not at all. Now, is your sister having a, like, a Halloween party for all the cool guests? If she is, she didn't invite I, me. I know. That's what I'm saying. See, we don't. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I would think because it is her favorite holiday. Yeah. I didn't want to put her on the spot in front of everybody. But, you know, with a house that size and a kitchen that beautiful and a brand, new, think, and a brand think, new couch, yeah, yeah, obviously, because yeah. we're looking at her, her old, old one. Couch. But, yeah. uh, but anyway, so I would think that she would have this full-blown Halloween costume party because she loves it so much. But. I didn't think we would get invited. Obviously, we're not in the same. Um, no, we didn't. Yeah, we're not in the same. Like, uh, what do you call it? We're not in the same income bracket. That's for oh, sure. Oh no! And no. then, well, I mean, we're not. And then also, we're not one of the cool kids. So I yeah. could see that. You know, I mean, you're a banker for Christ's sake. I know the scum of the earth sometimes. And you're just a fireworks carny. You're a carny. You're basically one step above. Carny. I'm a carnival guy. I yeah, are. that's I, what I'm uh, saying. So I mean, <laughs> we're not in the realm of you know the. Builders, construction, you know, big, big companies, you know. Oh, John. So anyways. This is 99. God, I feel We're, like we've been doing 99 for like three weeks. Well, we, episode 99, 99 of the Fireworks Brigade Pyro Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Um Yes, we're one away from the from a century of. So of I guess a hundred would be our Thanksgiving episode. It's gonna be yeah, because yeah. we'll do it in in Cabo. Yeah. Um. There's a list here. But oh. with the pandemic, we need to sit in separate rooms for yes. Thanksgiving. Uh, in Mexico, do they really enforce that? Uh. And yeah, in my house, we're gonna enforce it. Yeah, you're gonna be in yeah. one bedroom. I'll we've, be in that one. We've traveled. By my calculations, seventy nine thousand miles recording these podcasts. That's good. No wonder the IRS bill is so high <laughs> for my fuel. A <laughs> hundred, a hundred and fourteen hours of podcasts. Wow! And if you throw in the YouTube channel, I, I'd have to calculate how much that is. But the YouTube channel is a thing of its own with well over twelve hundred uh, subscribers now. And uh, but yeah, one hundred and fourteen hours, six thousand eight hundred and fifty-two minutes of Pyro podcast, um, Pyro podcast fun. John. Wow, that's incredible. That is fantastic. Do you remember, do you know the date that we did the first one? Do you know the date? 
Um, you I know wanna, the year? Uh, the year, I probably not. I'd say, what, 2014? Maybe? Yes, you're 2014. right. 2014, wow. It was April 28th, 2014. You remember where we did the first one? Uh, yes, it was in the dining room of my house, which is now sold. We we both sold our home since then. That's crazy. Yes. Well, we're you know we're, um, you know we're we just we downsized. We you know we we we've given up. We we yes. we let Pritzker we let Pritzker talk us out of our houses. So we don't have to pay those stupid. <laughs> we don't real have to pay tax. real estate taxes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pritz, you know it's like if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. So yeah, we, Pritzker got to us, and we're one of the few that say, okay, you know what. I think what I think we opened our window and said, "I'm mad as hell." No, and I'm I can't, not gonna yeah, not gonna take it anymore. Something like that. I forgot. I remember <laughs> that TV show. I forgot what it was. But anyways, yeah. yeah so, uh, yes, we uh, downsized uh, the house, and uh, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, no more taxes, and it was good. So Pritzker, he, he won. He beat us. I like to say we kind of beat him though. Oh, we, yeah, we did, because all these other guys, once they lose their job, I'm not going to be able to buy a house. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> and that means nobody will be able to sell a house. I'm so, very concerned that nobody's going to be able to buy a house I, pretty yeah, soon. Me you too. and me both. Yeah, you, and, you and I seem to be the only ones concerned. <laughs> Louie's off to Cabo spending yeah. money. He's going twice, three times, Vegas, whatever. And we're like, hold the fort, because if nobody has any money, that would be, you know, that will cancel a, a, a country resolute and absolute. There will be nothing left. Or there are no jobs. And, and you know, my friend, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, I know two people that have it. One had no symptoms, symptoms and my other friend has no sense of smell. You know, I, I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's worth losing, you know, a few million bucks over. <laughs> I mean, it's like, all right. Right. Well, you want to give up your 401k or keep your smell? Smell, smell. <laughs> Who needs a smell? Well, I think you know? the I think the folks that are most susceptible and older and have some pre-existing conditions should stay home and, and and should do the things. We all should do the things like socially distance and wear the mask and hopefully this will all go away, but um, at the same time, you know, your your buddy Trump is one to say that the cure can't be worse than the disease. And yeah, and if you shut, I mean, Pritzker just shut down Illinois starting tomorrow. No more indoor dining in Cook County, which is where we live. And now, what about I these live. restaurants? Now they just got another big. They right. they replenished their alcohol. They replenished their, their food, food that they gave right. away when it happened, and now they just yeah. bought it back. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and now they're done. I just, you know, I'm beside myself. Yeah. Well, let's and, let, um, let, let's not do politics. Let's let's. No. You got you got a nice cup of hot cocoa there, mm, Pauline. Yes. The lovely Pauline made for you. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm gonna take you back, John, to that first episode. I got some highlights. The cool. So let's listen. It's only like a minute long. Listen, you can watch the screen. We got some pictures of things that we took. Let's let's do our proper intro, and then we'll come back and get into the fireworks stuff. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, watch the screen. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, first ever uh, Fireworks Brigade, right, Pyromaniacs Forum. we got to look at the paper to remind ourselves what this is. And uh, My name's Ron, Ron the Banker. And, and I'm Johnny Starr from Starr Fireworks. Right, we, we've, we've decided to, uh, to jump into the pool and, and try our luck at, uh, try our hand at doing podcasts. You can see we even have some pre-recorded but material. Any story coming from you starting with the phrase i was driving a big truck of fireworks around that's pretty much believable yeah it's, it's, <laughs> back in the whenever the day back in the 80s that's how you always drove yeah, around with a big it, fan of fireworks it was pretty much uh <laughs> the good news is um two of us friends for over 30 years are is doing this podcast so that's always <laughs> that's always good, good news, news. Yeah, and yeah. this is the very first podcast ever from the pyros yeah and um who better to to bring you a pyro podcast than the 
probably the biggest pyro uh, in my little world that I know. <laughs> that's uh, that's just me. <laughs> You're the biggest pyro I know. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and, uh, Is that enough? Yeah, no, let's not give the pizza guy all the money. I'll make sure that <laughs> we get some. Of you that. really don't need to go to a museum because the sh- the, the machines are, you, know, you see in the museum are actually Once being you get used past the, the food and the toilets and you eat a lot of bananas and stuff there in case you really get hungry like I do, uh, it's not that bad. But well, you can't, like, you'd be like, a, you, you'd look like the Michelin man yeah, made right, of, just... of toilet paper. I mean, you know, it's not a pool. It's an above ground, <laughs> above ground toilet. But um, yes, I think that's a good way to end it, and uh, we'll be bringing you more of these. This is the Fireworks Brigade, starring Johnny Star and Ron the Banker. This very special pyro podcast, celebrating the people and passion of fireworks, is brought to you by Star Fireworks in Fargo, North Dakota. And now celebrating 100 episodes of Pyro Power, here's Johnny Starr and Ron the Banker. What is this job all about? Fire. There you go. Wow, once that again. bring uh, back any memories, Yeah, it John? does bring back a lot of memories. And uh, I guess it you know, really is... Uh, I mean, it is so different when you when you have some visual, you know, um, all these years listening to radio and listening to DJs, you've always wondered, like, where do they look like, you know, but right. uh, but, you know, having some visual and it really does add it to everything. Well, yeah, uh, well, you're I, talking about what we saw on the yeah, screen. Right? I mean, yeah, and, and that was, I mean, yeah, that was like, those were pictures going back and, you know, oh, yeah. like little goofy pictures, just me, you, and um, yeah. and Owen Wilson, yeah. me, you, and Oscar, <laughs> yeah. Louie, and at the PGI. Yeah. And, I think there was a quick one of Dino in that, un, in that uh, bathing suit. Dino was that? in the bikini, that was, Yeah, that's what I thought Absolutely. that was. Yeah, that, that, was, was from, uh, that was from our uh, um, pyro, uh, the... Um, uh, what's the name of that movie? I can't think of the name of the movie now. The, uh, Shallow what? Hell? No. <laughs> <laughs> the movie with um, Heath Ledger. Um, oh, oh, man. With, with Heath Ledger when they're gay, they're cowboys. Oh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I did Brokeback yeah. Pyro. I did a video Broke, of Brokeback yeah. Pyro. That, that was in there. And oh, okay. It seemed, seemed appropriate at the time. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's been enough. Uh, over five years it's and, yeah. and, and we're you know we're on the cusp of 100 so i felt and and the little music in the back there that was some van halen music yeah that, that's uh you know a little appropriate for what happened yeah eddie. good old eddie van halen that's yeah. a shame yeah. yeah yeah so i thought that was appropriate so um yeah i figured we'd get to that and you know get that in there and you know go, go back and it's always good to go back and listen to you know to when we first started you remember ordering the pizza yes i remember ordering <laughs> the pizza yes i remember that yeah we and you could even tell um, just by your voice, like you were just new at this. Like now you're oh, a seasoned yeah. oh, pro. Yeah. But like in the beginning, like, well, we're going to try our We're going to try our hat. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing, yeah, but let's, you know, let's just go see what happens. We <laughs> thought if we spoke too fast, an <laughs> at-home listener couldn't hear us. Worst, worst case scenario, we don't have to put it on the internet. We yes. just keep it for or they Or they thought we were like an American Indian. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that means. Well, you know, they always talk like very oh, slow, like man. how chief, you know, <laughs> how so. yeah. So it's 99 episodes, 114 hours, several countries, numerous states, many interviews, a dozen or so parody songs and countless Dino jokes, I think is what we got to go on. Right. Um, I, I think 
we probably recorded more Dino jokes than than podcasts. Well, no, I actually <laughs> think they rec- I think we actually recorded more Dino jokes than all of the late night talk show hosts did for Trump. That's I think we still quite beat them. possible. Yeah, I absolutely. think we beat them because we've had many years of Dino. They only had four years of Trump. Well, you, we've only had five. We've had five years of Dino. Well, that's so, like yeah, I said five years of Dino yeah. jokes. But but we have also a longer history of of Dino uh, humor. Uh, we, yeah. have, we have we have a, we can go back like you can't really go back on President yeah. Trump before no. he was president and find a joke from what he did like 15 years ago. Where we have like we have a lot yeah. of ammo. I mean, we have <laughs> yeah. we have we storage closets full of Dino jokes. Yeah. Well, yes, we yeah. do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into pyro for everyone. Uh, what have you been doing since our last episode? And, uh, you know, how have you been handling not being in China? That's the big question, because I, you know, and, and know what? Well, this is our, you know, this is our Halloween episode. We'll get a little rain in there. Uh, so, uh, you know, how have you been handling? Well, um, a lot of late hours because I'm doing everything on the same time zone as China. Uh, so basically, uh, I usually quit like last night around 3 a.m. Uh, you know, you're doing everything over WeChat and and talking with many people at the very same time. So you can only imagine how painstakingly that is talking to several vendors all on WeChat, typing away and typing away. And then I do a little talk texting and I spend half the, uh, you know, then I spend another, uh, you know, two, you know, 30 seconds correcting it by typing it because it right. didn't pick up my talk text. And then sometimes you, um, you know, you got to be very careful because uh, sometimes you end up typing something to the wrong person on WeChat. When, you know, especially when you got like six conversations going, you know, and then they write back, what? I don't understand. I'm like, oh, wait, that wasn't for you. And, then, you know, so that you got to be very uh, careful of that. Yeah, especially if you're doing some like sexting in the middle of that. That well, could really end up bad. Yeah, that could really be bad. Yeah. But I wouldn't be doing that with vendors. But anyway, so, <laughs> hey, but, you know, anything to make a sale. Yeah. Right? Or to get a, get a better yeah. price. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you start getting tired at like three in the morning and then, yeah, stuff happens. So, well, um, yeah. and obviously yeah. you're not they're They're not going to do things on your schedule. You're going to do it on their schedule. Right. So uh, you're going to do it on their well, schedule. It's, it's easier to do it on their schedule because they're in their office. Right. And my office is basically wherever I, you know, put my bag down, you know, um, you know, I even even when I go to my office, I have a laptop. Even when I, you right. know, no matter what, I am always on my own computer where when they're right. in their office, they have their own computer and stuff. And so I, I just uh, I think it'd be um, more appropriate. Now, you know, once again, that's just me being the type of guy I am, you know, how many people would say, no, I can't come to China and you're going to work on my schedule because I'm the buyer. But that's not how I do things. Well, no. And I think they appreciate it. And, oh, you yeah. know, you and I were talking earlier today about how, you know, they're having issues, uh, I think, stemming back to the explosion last year and this and that. And I think they're appreciating you more and more because you are adaptable and you do solve those problems. Right. And you're you're helpful. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not altruistic. You, I mean, you still you're trying to help yourself and make a sale and make some money. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if everyone's happy, they're happy. They send you stuff, and you know what I mean. And you want a good working relationship yeah. with the vendor. And we and have to buyer. work together. And you, you know, like in any business, you have to work together. You have to adapt. Right. So uh, I'm doing the best I can, and uh, it's just it is a lot easier when I'm in China where I'm just sitting across the table and we, you know, and I sit there from like, you know, 
10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and it's just one after another coming in and then let's hammer it out, you know. Right. So, but I am um, I'm, I'm rounding the curve, as I always hear. I'm rounding the curve. I should be done. I'm hoping within about the next three days, I'm just about done with everything I think I need to buy, hopefully. And, um, you know, and hopefully well, we, you know, we're successful at it. And, and we touched on this briefly uh, with Steve Hauser, and I, I urge anyone to go out and watch the uh, last episode, last video we put on the YouTube channel, the Steve Hauser interview from October 2020, all about that 30 millimeter rule. And he also uh, touched on some shipping issues. And I know you and I talked about it earlier today. So wh- what are you seeing with the shipping issues? They're just not they're not able to ship stuff out. Right. Well, right now, uh, Bay High Port is closed down. Uh, they're having some type of business meeting, so that will remain closed. I think I also heard. I was going to just um, go back in some of these uh, WeChat messages. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, here's another one, too. Jiangxi Province government will carry out the new national firework standard and regulations. Most of the factories have to tear down all buildings and rebuild. So as you uh, know as a banker and I know as a businessman, uh, my response was that's incredible cost no one can afford. So, uh, and then he also said, um, no one, no one can afford that, uh, cost a lot will quit. So you're going to have less factories in some of these areas, which can put more demand on some of the other factories, um, which, you know, potentially, uh, definitely could raise prices down the road. Yeah. Um, so why are they going to make people tear down all their buildings? Cause they're not safe or cause they're not. Up to up code, to code, or whatever, right, right, and right. you know when you got wow. a, when you basically got a concrete bunker, just a concrete building, you know, with cement tables in it, and you know, and whatever. I don't know what you need to do, but I mean, there's really nothing you can do, I guess, other than I, I think too is instead of building these buildings bigger, they want them smaller. So okay. that means let's have maybe 30 small buildings spaced apart. Instead of ten bigger ones, and back in the day, the bigger factory owners, oh, I'll build a bigger building. I'll bigger. I'll build a bigger building. So right, right. The, yeah. Well, the only uh, buildings that are really smaller are the ones that house the chemicals. So um, you know, so that's the whole thing. Um, and then you got uh, factory certificate. Factories aren't open because they haven't got their certificates yet from the government. Like a permit. Or, yeah, uh, like yeah. a reopen permit ever since the, you know, ever since the explosion. So like a certificate of occupancy. Uh, type thing. Yeah. yeah. And they're um, they're really in bad way here. Um, so which if they're in a bad way, then I'm in a bad way. So, um, you know, once again, we're we're fortunate to be sitting on the merchandise we're sitting on. We're fortunate to be able to move things along as we do, but um, it's a big big concern, you know. Yeah, and, and uh, as far as that thirty millimeter rule, again, check out the the uh, video. Um, but you know, on that, hopefully, we get some type of direction on that because the last thing you want to do is be putting those uh, those nine shot racks uh, in a in a metal cage. Yeah, we fought so hard. For the nine shot racks and now we could potentially lose the nine shot racks only because no one's going to want to afford the money for them and to pay for that cage right and you know my biggest concern is now i know that steve said that he would probably leave them in the cages if they came like that and he would just ship them out to his customers but 
I, I honestly don't even know, um, you know, how they stack on a pallet. You know, I mean, we, you know, you do a lot. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know, um, yeah. if I'll be able to put as many cases, many different cases on a pallet. You know, it's not so much when it comes off the container, but when I'm trying to put together a pallet for a customer who wants two cases of this, one case of that, and three of this. <clears throat> right. Well, a lot I of, don't know. A lot of times it's like playing Jenga. Yeah, you're, just, you're just trying to fit the things on the and, pallets, and you're saving the most space you can. And I don't see these cages sliding. No, heck no. You know what I mean? So uh, Steve may not even realize uh, what he's up against when he says, oh, I'll just ship them out that way. I don't think it's really all that easy. I, I see me having... Um, a couple people now taking all the stuff out of cages. I mean, it's so you got to pay more for the cage, and you got to pay more for labor. Yeah, and then you got, and then what do you do with all these cages? That's another dumpster. And I mean, there's there's a, there could be a lot of uh, yeah, a lot is, of issues that um, is that you know, material worth anything? Can you resell it or anything? Well, I'm sure it's recyclable, but you know, like every other recyclable, when everyone starts recycling, it's not worth nothing. You know, yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, you know, bringing newspapers down to a um, you know, a recycling place and getting uh, $2 a hundred pounds. I don't think you can even get 10 cents for, you know, for a hundred oh. pounds. I mean, it's just, you know, cause now every, every town does it. Everyone does it. Every, you know, I mean, it's different now, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's going to be a lot of issues with that. I hope they get that worked out, but that's just, like I say, that's one small issue. You know, now if you tell people, would you rather have the cage or, or the port open? And they'll say, well, I'll, I'll take the port. I mean, would you rather have uh, the yeah. port open with cages or no port and no cage? Well, you know. Well, yeah, but it's not one or the other. You'd like to have in a perfect world. You need them both. Yeah. So it's one of them things that now the biggest issue is that we get these ports open. There is no there is no ruling on when the ports will open, which is just, you know, so now what does that mean? You know, to me, a lot of uh, people yeah. for the Christmas season, uh, hence is probably why we're so busy. Uh, it might be. Um, a indication that nobody's getting their stuff from China and they call them the guys like me and different ones that have a lot of product. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And aside from the, obviously the, the, the logistical issues that are popping up with this, uh, just the social aspect of it. I mean, you go to China, you're out there and you're meeting people and you're sprinkling the infield and saying hi and, and, you know, putting, uh, you know, shaking hands and buying dinners and, and talking through things, and especially with China, because there is somewhat of a communication barrier, uh, that that's that's meaningful to not be out there. It's meaningful to be there, and when you're not there, you're going to lose something. Oh yeah, it's very. Uh, I miss it a lot. I you know, and I and China's not an easy trip, and it's exhausting in a lot of ways. And you know, the the uh, depriving myself of sleep because of the uh, because of the uh, uh, time zone change. But also, this has been uh, proven to be just as exhausting. And yeah, I that, think you'd and, rather be out. There. Yeah, and not only that, but now I have so many more things to focus on here. Plus, stay up till three thirty in the morning. When I'm in China, I don't have much to focus on other than getting my right. work done. Right. You know, here I have other jobs, other businesses that take me away. Um, you know, yeah, it's something that you would probably normally delegate while you're out there. Now you're just doing it on your own. Well, yeah, because you're home and then you still have, you know, at home projects that you're doing that I wouldn't have to do, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, so not being in China, as I say, um, you know, kissing hands and shaking babies, um, you know. <laughs>
I knew you'd catch that Kissing one. Kissing hands and shaking babies. Kissing hands and shaking babies, yeah. Like, I like that. We can name this podcast. There so. you go. See, I always come up with one for you. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I do miss it, and uh, I miss all my friends that I've made over the years. Uh, I know one of my favorite bars has not been open, you know. And Is that the uh, Fireworks uh, Bar? Fireworks Bar, you know. What was the name of that again? Uh, it's called the uh, Firework. Uh, the, the Fire Cafe? Fire, uh, Fire Factory. Oh, okay. Yeah, Fire Factory. Um, you know, so if I get a hold of Judy, um, I've always said my plan was to buy her whole interior out and, uh, and do it down in Cabo. So maybe I'll make a maybe I'll make a fireworks themed coffee shop down in Cabo. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, because I, I like that. I, I, I love the idea. I love the booths that look like containers. I love the barrels as ah. the tables. It's, it's Are we so going to be able to put some fireworks brigade uh, paraphernalia up oh, on the wall? Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, um, have to talk with my uh, business partner there, but I really think that uh, it would be kind of a cool, uh, you know, fire fireworks-themed coffee shop. You I, know? Th- I think that would be pretty and, cool. And, uh, you know, and then, yeah, so... But um, I've always said I would love to take her her in her uh, what do you call it? fixtures? I guess store fixtures you'd call them, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know you just use that. the ideas because yeah. she's so I was so cleverly put together. I mean, I could just I could go there every night and find something cool and unique there, right? Just right. by you know looking around and just you know and uh, playing with the sign and putting your name on it. And I have so many great pictures and maybe. I have to throw some of those pictures on uh, YouTube, but I hope, I yeah. hope she can reopen, and uh, at some point and get her business is, back. Is she closed because of the whole pandemic? Yeah, well, thing? And there's, well, oh, yeah, there's, there's no one there. There's no Americans going there, and it was really a a great spot for Americans and Europeans to go yeah. and uh, play pool and and talk with other people in the fireworks industry, and uh, uh-huh. you know I'd bring uh, popcorn and cook it in her microwave, and you know she had a oh uh, here we go the popcorn coffee conversation yeah. you and the Dominator guy me and the Dominator guy you know so <laughs> uh, so yeah there was a really a, a great unique spot and I really feel sorry for her because uh, without having none of us there. Since April, like I wasn't able to go in April, and now here October, and I'm hoping to God I can go this April. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I hope you can too. I, you know, some days I just wake up and say, God, I don't think we'll ever be done. But you know, I, I keep uh, telling Pauline, so, I don't even know if we can make it to Cabo in three weeks. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, so I'm really hoping uh, that she is able to. Uh, maybe reopen and and i don't know how the landlords are i know the landlords in china were very good in the beginning with all this covid and um but i don't know uh, you know how long can a landlord hold out six eight nine months a year i mean you know this is so yeah. i don't know i don't know i don't know so well. so i'm hoping that uh, so i do really miss it a lot and i uh yeah. A good oh, yeah. shout out to all my friends out there, which I enjoy meeting and seeing everybody. And uh, but you know what? Hopefully we can uh, uh, do it in April. I'm hoping. I, I hope so too. I yeah. hope so too because I know you enjoy that trip. And at least if you can't go in October, if you get to go in April, at least you can still get you know some some feet on the ground out there and see what's going on before the season starts. Yeah. Hopefully there is a season. Yep. Yeah. So. Yes. All right. Let's do some news, John. All right. Walt Disney World. Um, could Disney World bring back fireworks this year? Walt Disney World Resort just announced that we'll be extending 
the operating hours of its theme parks as we head into November in the holiday season. Could this mean that they are planning to resume their nighttime spectaculars? Have you ever seen the nighttime uh, fireworks spectacular? Uh, yes, a long time ago. It's pretty good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it appears that uh, though the entire phased reopening process, Universal has done the trailblazing with Disney closely observing how it goes and how they could possibly do it better. So apparently Universal opened up first, and they've been doing the uh, fireworks spectacular. Disney hasn't done it yet, but now Disney's talking about uh, talking about going into it and, and doing the uh, doing the fireworks. So, but apparently, um, nighttime fireworks have already returned to at least one Disney park, and that's in Shanghai Disneyland. Okay, yeah. We didn't. We went to Hong Kong Disneyland. Yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after reopening in May, Shanghai Disney found the confidence to revive its nightly fireworks using social distancing protocols. Like no standing room viewing for castle shows and designated floor markers to keep fireworks viewers properly distanced. Uh, since reopening procedures began, uh, Disney CEO has said that they will be looking to Shanghai Disney for ways to safely reopen. Um, so yeah, so uh, so Disney World is looking to safely reopen and safely do the fireworks. But Disney World is open, but Disneyland they still won't let them open. And um, Disney World is in Florida. Yeah, and D- Disneyland is in California. California, and they're not letting them open. Although I thought I heard where they were going to let them open, like Main Street, no rides, but you could just go like walk around the street and buy things and go to the restaurants. I mean, you know, they're yeah. just they're flailing at anything. Well, and that and that would you know, one would argue if you're going to let me in a gift shop, you know, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I you know, I I think at the, I guess at the end of the day, we're putting so much uh, faith in this mask. So like you can go into gift shop right. and keep your mask on and we'll all be fine. But if we're in a restaurant, we have to take our mask off to eat. And then this is where all the, um, I guess all the cases are coming from, but I, uh, you know, there's been so much talk about it, but I really honestly think we're putting way too much faith into this mask and way too much, um, I, I don't know. It's too much effort. I mean, you're, I feel sorry for the business owners because they're, you know, right. they're putting plexiglass up. They're doing this. They're doing that. And then they shut them down. <laughs> but but at but I always said at the end of the day, the you know cold air return sucks in all that and then shoots it right back out all over the room. So right. I, I don't know. I mean. I just, you know, we're all in odds with these bars and restaurants closing and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. And uh, like Great America, will they ever re- recover? I, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how much staying power they, they had. had the, right? They had the water park open for a little bit, but I guarantee you that it probably cost more to open a water park than it was to leave it shut based on small right. uh, occupancy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because parents are going to be like, no, you're not going to the water park, but now we still have to have all these gallons of water. You have to treat the water. And then if you're, you know, if you got 15%, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at some point you just wonder. And like I say, I'm very worried about the upcoming fireworks season. Um, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mm-hmm. mean, not only do we have to worry about the COVID, but, uh, you know, me and you are certainly worried about the economy. Yeah. And um, if they're not getting their, uh, you know, their checks in the mail and all that are, you know, PPP and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, you can't keep doing that forever. No, you can't legislate in an economy. Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, I'm worried about the economy and, I'm, um, you know, I'm thankful for everything we have. And hopefully, you know, I have enough staying power. I mean, that's really at the end of right. the day, that's what you all hope for. Yeah. You know what? Not to digress, but go back to the pyro purge a minute. I know. 
I know you keep up a little bit with what's going on in Hawaii. What are you? Because in Hawaii is a big market for fireworks for New Year's. What what do you what do you think is going to happen there this year? Well, if uh, according to what I heard, they opened up a couple days ago. Um, what do you mean by open up? Well, it's only been essential business. Okay. All these all this time since March, everybody in Hawaii is basically really hurting as far as economy wise. I mean. Well-known restaurants have closed down over, you know, 50-year restaurants, all the mom and pop, uh, you know, little Hawaiian great little treasures are all closed. And I mean, that's not that's not fiction. That is fact. And um, I mean, basically, they they've been more locked down than we have. And, you know, and then you're pulling people over after a curfew of midnight or something and giving them like $5,000 fines. Could you imagine like you have no money to begin with and now you overstayed your welcome at a buddy's house and now you're, you know, faced with a $5,000 fine. So they're that strict? Yes, curfew? they're very strict. Wow. Uh, same with um, flying out there. I have to have a COVID test three, you know, three days before I go out there and, um, you gave you a QR code. You got to show this QR code. I mean, and I understand that that's been going pretty smooth until you get to the uh, computer side of it with the whole QR code and all that. I guess that's where the real slow up and delay comes. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. If these people are allowed to even open. Um well, yeah. Good luck to the people in, yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah, because I don't know. And that's know? such that's almost like a religious thing out there with the fireworks yes. for New Year's, and and to to see those folks deprived. I mean, you yeah. know, we we all got to shoot off fireworks for the Fourth of July, and we saw what happened in the fireworks industry. Everybody went bonkers for it. So yeah, um, I would think it would be a great. Year I'm I'm hoping it would be the same, but because it's been since March, you're talking about almost a year out of work. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, I mean the the uh, I mean look at my bank branch is being closed in in Hawaii. Is that because of the economy though? Banks typically. Well, yeah, I don't know. You tell me. You're a banker, but I mean you've had a branch all these years in a very highly um, condensed area of of workers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have these workers, maybe it's just not. There's other branches yeah, available. Yeah, maybe they just didn't need the branch. Anymore, so they don't. Obviously. They I didn't mean, own the land in there, or they yeah. Was, and, uh, somebody offered them a good piece of. So, but tea. I mean, it was always a pretty busy branch. But if nobody's going to work in that area, right? Because right. it's really a, it's really a branch for that whole, that whole, you know, the whole right next to the, you know, the shipyards and all that. So, I mean, I've walked in there and, and waited in line many times. So, I mean, it's like I don't think the branch was uh, not busy. But now if, you, if there's no workers, you know, um, how about, uh, you know, a guy called me up and uh, he wanted me to come look at the office furniture. And, um, you know, I'm always a sucker for office furniture. You never could have enough of it, you know, and stuff, and, you know, the way we go through chairs and everything. So. I went there and the company was there for 15 years and now the landlord's not renegotiating. So, and they haven't been, they haven't been in the office since March. Yeah. So like, you know what, we're just gonna, you know, and they gave all the furniture away because they didn't want to move it. And they found another, you know, some smaller office space down the road. And uh, so they're leaving. And uh, so it was great for us. We got some really nice, uh, nice office furniture for one of the new offices, but it's like, you just you like feel sorry for that you know that company and then you and then you're saying to yourself well look at this landlord he's just I mean he's not renegotiating and and how do you 
you know, what do you say to a company? Oh, you need my spot when you haven't been there since March. Right. I mean, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard to sell your location. You know, I always say location, location, location. Well, now I guess you're finding out the location is your, is, uh, you know, uh, is in your basement like Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, hard to prove, you know, hard to really push your, your location when nobody's working. When they're not, they're yeah. not going there anyway. Yeah. Uh, Canada, John, you ever been to Vancouver? Uh, no, never Vancouver. Right. Well, Halloween 2020 is the last time you can legally set out fireworks in Vancouver. Uh, this Halloween will be the very last wow. Vancouver residents will be able to celebrate with a bang. Um, it will be, the fireworks will be made illegal starting November 1st. Um, the municipal will ban uh, the municipal ban targets everyday buyers from setting off pyrotechnic devices. It will not apply to certified fireworks technicians, so you need to have a, a permit or yeah. whatever. Uh, at such events as Chinese New Year, Diwali, Celebration of Light Fireworks, and the English Bay and Canada Day. So data compiled by the Vancouver Fire and Rescue Services in 2018 showed the average fire loss to property related to consumer fireworks per year was $379,000 during the last 12 years. I mean, that's not... Is that, is that Canadian money? Is that Canadian dollars? Well, which is about even with our money. Yeah. Uh, their permission will spawn the illicit growth. They're saying, though, some people are worried and they're against the ban because they're suggesting that the prohibition will spawn the illicit growth of the underground market for fireworks in Vancouver. You know where I'm going. <laughs> and if you get caught with them, it's $1,000 per offense. Yeah. So, you know, be uh, careful. Just the, just the word underground gets me all sparked up. Yeah, you know I mean, like there's certain words like, you know, when I said, you know, lava and they say molten lava, you know, just certain words like that. You know, yeah. some people say, look at my, you know, company. And then when someone says, look at my compound, I mean, certain words mean a lot to me. And uh, the word right. underground just gets me all worked up. I'm ready to like, yeah, get you worked up. Yeah, there's I'm a... excited about this underground, you know, <laughs> that's real strange. I know it is kind of strange. right? There's a name. There's a band called the Velvet Underground. See? I, 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 Your eyes lit up I, when I, I said that I, velvet I, underground. Yeah. What could that be? And then uh, I bought a, a, a t-shirt in London, and it was the underground. You know, the subway. Yeah, and London I, is yeah, London yeah. is known for under. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think velvet underground comes from London. I'm sure they do. I yeah, I, I know nothing about the velvet underground. So, um, you know, that's why I like to. I you know, I go out searching myself a lot of nights for those underground bars, those underground clubs you know what i mean anything with the word underground in fact yeah. i may just i don't know i may name something underground i don't know i like the underground Under, the, we could name a firework the underground yeah i mean the cool label for it yeah sure. something you know what i mean yeah 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 absolutely that's that's, that's yeah, a good idea i might even I mean. take that uh yeah I, might, I got an idea for that one yeah there mm -hmm. you go good um see another thing we decide that we the underground. solved the underground we're gonna yes. make a firework cake the underground i like yes. that I like that. Well, we're not changing the name of this podcast. No, no, it's nope. in, it's set in stone. Kissing what hands, shaking babies. Kissing hands, shaking babies. All right, <laughs> uh, Dubai. I don't. You've never been there. We've talked about going there. Well, they recently broke a record, John, the world's largest fountain. Oh, and they had a huge, massive fireworks display. Watch the screen. Let's watch the fireworks display. See, why can't Illinois break records like this right. instead of look know. at that? <laughs> yeah, look at those fireworks. Just some cool fireworks I've never seen before. It's just amazing. The Palm Fountain was officially inaugurated on Thursday at the point on Palm Jumeirah. The Palm Fountain has officially broken the Guinness World Record as the world's largest fountain, moving world's the largest. Dubai Mall Fountain to second place. 
And the other second place is in is Vegas? No, it's in, uh, it's in um, Dubai as well. Multicolored oh. palm fountain with a special fireworks show Look to inaugurate the yeah. record-breaking fountain. It will have 20 shows daily with five different performances running between sunset to midnight. Each show will last three minutes and will be performed every 30 minutes. So uh, Bellagio can't beat that? No, it's huge. Yeah, I guess it is pretty big. It's, um, as she said it, more than 3,000 LED lights, 7,500 nozzles. Um, water goes 105 meters high. How much is a meter? 105 meters is 300 and about 30 feet. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah. Actually, they use actual seawater, and there's no filtration system. That's mm. actually interesting. Uh, Guinness records. Well, that makes sense. Salt water. So, yeah. Yeah. But you would think the uh, salt water would have, um, you know, um, it's going to definitely run its course on, uh, on the uh, nozzles and all that. Yeah, they're going to have to maintain it or it'll get all gunked yeah, it's up, gonna right? get all. Yeah, yeah. it's going to get a little salt. But, you know, they're going to saltwater pools. Uh, all these pools are putting in now are saltwater pools. So because uh, there's no there's no more chemicals to buy, no more chlorine, you know, just add salt. So mm, okay. interesting. All right. Judge John Fireworks Judge. That's me. All right. Hold on. Johnny Star, Fireworks Judge. What? I can't believe that our singer thought I was the banker <laughs> and you were the fireworks guy. He may be good at singing, but he's certainly not good at, uh, you know, picking out the the real guru, Yeah. as they say. Well, it had your name. My name was underneath your picture. That's why. Because I invite when I invite you, I just send it to my email and then you sit at the computer over there because you don't come with your own. I don't even. Yeah, I don't get a I don't get a computer. I don't get I can't even control my own mute button. I sit, I sit there. I almost sit there like a, like a, uh, like Christopher Reeve who can't talk. You're like a monkey. Yeah. You're yes. like, a, like a monkey with a grinder, organ grinder. I All like right. Christopher Reeve better. <laughs> <laughs> Cannon seized with fireworks drugs. Uh, when police investigate explosion report, Vineland police and Atlantic city bomb squad seized a cannon, black powder, fireworks and drugs after checking on a reported explosion around 9 PM Saturday. Uh, four men found with the cannon said they wanted to fire bowling balls from it, according to the initial incident report. Some of these subjects were friends. However, some met on Facebook um, groups of fireworks enthusiasts. The case report is not finalized. Uh, police ended up charging the men with possession of destructive device for having the cannon. The Atlantic City bomb squad removed the fireworks, a box of pyrotechnics technics, and the black powder. Police said all four men were charged with possession of controlled dangerous substance, specifically marijuana, methamphetamine, and possession of drug paraphernalia, specifically metal grinders, plastic bags, and a smoking pipe. These guys, they, they didn't miss a trick. They, they got yeah. meth, they got pot, they got a cannon. Where do you get a cannon? Okay, so... <laughs> what, what are these guys all about, John? Well, okay, there's, there's two things that come to mind, okay? There's two things that come to mind. Is the cannon their means of defense 
to protect their drug stash well, factory. Could be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, you shoot a cannon at a drug cartel. They haven't seen that one before. You know, what I mean, right, right. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, with the shortage of bullets, I guess bowling balls are you know get a lot of good bowling balls, especially with all these bowling alleys going out of business. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of used bowling balls on the market. <laughs> right. So uh, one would wonder if that is their just means of protecting their factory or their stash, or. Um, or it's one reason why I say, you know, drugs and fireworks don't mix. I mean, you got yeah. a bunch of Facebook friends sitting around, you know, doing their meth and their marijuana and everything yeah. else. And then they want to shoot bowling balls out into the middle of the street for fun. With a cannon. With a cannon. I mean, it, that sounds fun to me. Uh, but, yeah, I I mean, so. it's And it's funny because look at the headline, cannon seized with fireworks. Drugs when police investigate explosion report. Fireworks are the least of these guys' problems. They had meth. You know what I mean? They always put the fireworks I, way up there I, in the headline. I, I the know. Cannon, for God's sakes. They have. Yeah, I mean, it should be a, a you know drug house was yeah. seized. Oh, by the way, there was and some fireworks. we found fireworks and a cannon. No, they say a cannon first, a fireworks fire second, and then. Oh, then by the you, way, there's yeah, some meth. Yeah, there's some meth, marijuana. There's baggies. There's metal, whatever, whatever they use. I mean, it's like the, it's like Breaking Bad. You know, when Breaking yeah. Bad got pulled over in a camper, you know, they found drugs. They didn't say, oh, he had a flat tire. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Right. It was. Yeah. Exactly. And there's some that's an amazing story to me. These guys with I mean, hey, you find a bunch of guys on Facebook. Hey, I got a cannon. Come on yeah. over. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah. But like I said, I just wonder if the cannon wasn't their means of uh, you know defense. You know, yeah. like, I'll show these you know rival drug guys. Oh man. So all right, we got the, another dog story, John. A lot oh. of people, dogs owners, dog owners fear fireworks will move from parks to private gardens this year. So this is in the UK because of. Uh, um, bonfire night so there are a lot of people are worried because there's no public displays that they're going to move it to their backyards and it's going to it's going to be uh, it's going to be problems for the dogs so more than 70 percent of dog owners are fearful of the fireworks moving from the parks to the private gardens bonfire night and new year's eve but John, well all i can say is uh they're right well wait no we got a solution watch the screen you ready mm-hmm. your friendly folks at ford did this for you watch this this is a Ford product. Fireworks are different to natural sounds, like, for example, thunder. Um, he gets very, very um, anxious. He pants a lot. He shakes. My experience, 50% of dogs do show signs of fear with fireworks. Noise-canceling kennel, John. I like it. This is a prototype, but... At the same technology that's in those headphones you got on right now. Oh, I wish I could sell those firecrackers to them. <laughs> oh, look at Puppy Dog sitting there. <laughs> he doesn't even have a clue what the hell's going on out no, there. No, it's got an automatic door. It looks very, very, very contemporary with the yeah. like A-frame going on. It's yeah. got a little window. And... Uh, and the fire afford. And he's got to stay in there, though. You know, you got to get the dog in the kennel to begin with. Well, I think the idea is he'll run in there because he knows there's no noises. Ah. So Ford took the active noise-canceling technology they use in vehicles and placed it into a tent-shaped doghouse. The kennel was built using acoustic isolation panel, soundproof ventilation, vi anti-vibration block risers, and an automatic door. 
When microphones inside the kennel detect the sound of fireworks, a built-in audio system emits opposing frequencies to cancel out or significantly reduce the noise. It protects your dog's super sensitive hearing. The kennel is currently only a prototype, but could have a major impact on the lives of pets if brought to market. Uh huh. Well, I, I, I think I, we got a new product I, for Star Fireworks, yeah. John. Noise canceling kennels. I what like it think? because um, I can finally tell these people, uh, especially the ones in that upper caliber bracket, you know, when they complain about that, I'm like, well, don't you have the Ford? dog kennel you know like i would kennel? i'll i'll make it almost like it's it, i thought everyone yeah. has one you know like if, if you wait. if you if you value your dog yeah. how could you not i mean you mean to tell me that you you don't have that? i thought every household has that because oh i have one <laughs> you know john you know who this is no i haven't written you a love song it's not on the street because we're This is Gad. Oh, Gad is our singer. Oh, okay. Gad's the guy who sings all our parody songs. So let's go through a little bit of them here. Remember this one? He's got a lot of range, this guy. Yeah. We've done, John. How many of these? We've done so many. We've done 13 of them. Wow. 13. 13. And uh, this one's one of my favorites. This is a Van Halen one. Yeah, this one I didn't know. This is Eddie, Eddie, this is an early Van Halen. If you want to hear some of these, go to the go to our podcast. And each one of these is featured in a podcast. Some of them are on the YouTube channel. We didn't get many. There's your Bon Jovi. Yeah. We didn't get many hits on the YouTube channel, so I stopped putting them on there. Um, okay. You know, and I may fearful for a little copyright infringement, although I don't know. I think if it's a parody, it's not really uh, copyright. Yeah, you're fine there. Listen to the copyright guru. Oh, there you go. PGI. I like that one, yeah. So we got 13 of them. So 13 is an unlucky number. Oh, that is. So I got one more in the works, and I hope to unveil it for our 100th episode. Wow. But I need your help. I want to do a video for this one. We could do a really good video. We could do a really good video. This is remember this one. Welcome to the demo. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I like this one too. Yeah, this is a good one. That was a hard scream right there. Yeah, I mean, here he, this was his favorite. Yeah, it was mine too. Foo Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters.
and the original, John. The first yep. one that started this off. First one ever, which I was still in shock. You were in shock that I wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And it's, uh, I think we got one more here, right? Oh, go. No, that was it. I forgot to put one in there. Go big, go loud. I don't know if we had that in there. Anyway. So, John, um, you know what? I thought it would be interesting if we talked to Gad, uh, our guy. He's in England, so we talked to him, and let's we'll uh, listen to see how he feels about being the number one, um, the number one singer of fireworks parody songs in the world. Wow! See what he He's see a, what he uh, thinks. It's a pretty big title to give a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah. But but if anyone can uh, if anyone can live up to it, it's him. Yeah, he does. Uh, I mean, he does a great job. He, yeah, yeah, really, absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, we got another one coming. You're gonna. I think you're gonna love it. And I know he loves it. It's a really great song. I know you'll recognize the song immediately. It's a very very popular song. Um, the lyrics, I think they're really good. And and like I said, we well, can of make course it, you do. Well, we can no. And you <laughs> it know took what? Took a lot of time. I'm you know what? Sure. The song, the lyrics in the song were were goofy. I mean, there's just a melody there, and a lot of times guys will just put words in that makes sound good with the melody. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of goofy words, so it's very easy to put in goofy fireworks words, and, and it just it came out. So, but it's uh, it, it's going to be a good one. So let's let's uh, go back. Let's listen to our interview with Gad, and then when we come back, let's do uh, let's uh, just wrap it up with a couple things, and we'll, we'll be out of here. Sounds good. All right. Closing in on a hundred episodes, I thought it would be, uh, I thought it would be a good thing to uh, to introduce to our uh, our audience, Gad. Gad is our uh, singer extraordinaire. I've I've been pelting you with these pyro parody songs since uh, the last two years, and uh, you know, and I figured let's let's get him uh, let's let's put a face to the name. Gad's a professional vocalist tenor trained in contemporary and classical singing styles over 15 years of experience various genres ranging from rock country musicals and heavy metal um you you like the you like the parody songs don't you john uh i love them actually uh i think i'm the only one i think that really thinks you do a good job with them everybody else is like nah they're no good but i actually i like the way uh i i love the words and of course when gad sings them you know that you know puts more life into your words, but uh, no, I, I love the parody songs. There's not one I haven't liked, but you never let me help you write any. You know, we we tried in Mexico, and then he he stopped me from from uh, doing it. He's like, no, no, you're you're no good at this. You know, so <laughs> I just went I just went back to writing checks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So <laughs> so without any further ado, let's introduce Gad. Gad, how you doing? Hi everyone. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. And I, I got to clarify when John says nobody likes him, so that that's not the case. They'll they'll laugh. We've your, your songs have been played 
uh, to NFA conventions in front of, you know, 1,000, 1,500 people watching fireworks shows. They've been used at John's demos um, exclusively because we have a DJ there, and he'll play just all the all the songs. And, um, you know, I get a kick out of it, and, you know, somewhere I know you got a smile on your face uh, knowing that all those people are listening to them. So, but they, I think they, I think they appreciate them and they appreciate the, uh, the, you know, the, the vocal performance for sure. And, uh, sometimes, you know, we, we try to get a little clever with the lyrics. So well, you, you do quite a good job with the, I have to say, I have, I've worked with many people in different scenarios of, of parodies and stuff. And, and usually it's so difficult to get someone that like, understands that words need to come on the beat it's like it can't just be random because it sounds because yeah so you're doing a really good job yeah it's really easy it's really easy working with you guys i have to say well so thank uh, you yeah keep them, keep them coming <laughs> i have a little bit of an idea about meter but uh you know and i don't think we've had to uh i don't think we've had many times where we've gone back and forth and a lyric just didn't fit i think we've we've pretty much always had a good collaboration yeah, yeah. Again, it's super easy. Just give me the lyrics, and I'll I'll do what I can. And um, so, so people, <laughs> you said 50, <laughs> people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that's over probably, and that's you know three nights in a row, four nights in a row. So they'll be there. Imagine you know people at a racetrack or a, a ballpark, and they're all sitting there waiting to watch a fireworks show people go to watch demos because folks come in from China to shoot off fireworks. So the fireworks buyers can, can rate them and they'll all be a captive audience sitting in the bleachers or in the stands of a, of a ballpark. And then, you know, your, your vocals and my goofy lyrics are played over the loudspeaker. So it's kind of fun. And, and they are, I will say they're trapped. They can't leave. So, uh, you know, that's what we like to, yeah, we like to uh, just blast it over the uh, speakers there at the racetrack and different venues, and then they can't leave anyway. So it's kind of nice. They have to listen to my sometimes my commercials as well. <laughs> so, um, so you're based in London, Gad, right? Yes, that is correct. And, and you've been singing for 15 years. Are you in a band? I have been singing for actually over tw almost 20 years now since I wrote that bio that you that you uh, read so eloquently mm -hmm. um, and yeah I'm in actually a few bands so I have a heavy metal band called Night Screamer which is uh, this 80s thrash kind of uh, style with influences from modern but it's like we, we're very we're very metal kind of a band um, which is fun because you get to sing a lot of high notes I also have um, uh southern rock project that i'm uh that's actually i'm just now finishing writing the the album on uh, the first album it's called kill kill the kid um <laughs> that's gonna be the name of the project um for various reasons which i'm not gonna get into right now but it's a long story and uh i also play in function bands you know because that's well i used to before the big uh, pandemic crisis which uh kind of put a halt on the entertainment business as uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are affected by it, like in the industry and in the with the fireworks, but but as far as the music goes, Jesus, no, <laughs> just no more gigs. But I used to do a lot of function gigs as well. Um, so yeah, more bands than I can count. No, I can't count to four. Four bands. 
have four guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah with a lot, a lot of different styles, and uh, these days with the uh, with the uh, pandemic going on, it's it's got to be difficult. So, uh, uh, and we 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 met you through Fiverr, so uh, that's that website, the marketplace for folks who who uh, do work for uh, for other folks. So, um, so that's probably a good thing, and it helps pay the bills. You're also a teacher, right? Yeah, I teach singing as well and music and um yeah, I I basically pass on the knowledge that I've been taught, I guess. Um something very wholesome about teaching. Uh but it really keeps me afloat nowadays um because I used to do as I said a lot more gigging. Now I I do a lot more teaching. So it's funny how how that works, but uh yeah, um I teach singing and I do it worldwide because of the internet. Like we're oh. doing it right now. Imagine if this was like a, a session. I would just, I would just like uh, play a, ah, play some 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 chords and you'd sing on that. Um, yeah. So what um, what's uh, what's your favorite type of student? Uh, old, young, male, female? Who do you who do you prefer to teach? Um. I don't teach kids, but anyone else. I mean, you know, they're like, uh, there's the kids and then there's like anyone, everyone else. I mean, where I with everyone else is fine. Uh, it sounds like we have something in common with these kids. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like we have something in common. Yeah, no kids. <laughs> no, not, not in the studio. Not, not, not when, it, yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I see, I, yeah. My favorite type of student would be, yeah, actually, most of my students are enthusiasts. Um, they're like reintroducing themselves into the world of music through singing. Um, and my favorite student is the is one that puts in the work, you know, because it's really, you know, it's it's hard work because you have to practice every day and you have to do it every day, literally every day, uh, even if it's just five minutes, but you really have to put in the work to to get ahead in uh, not only in singing but in in this type of art form in in if in in, in music in, in playing an instrument uh and when you see someone succeeding that's 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 like that's my favorite student that's like when someone is actually putting in the work and progressing every day or every week every every session um so it doesn't matter if old young um male female cat <laughs> just as long as they're committed and and they uh they appreciate the the um the process right you got to go through the process i uh i'm a failed drummer i i drummed for about 25 years and uh had a band we made an album but that was about it but i i enjoyed it immensely i enjoyed making music which i think is probably one of the reasons why i've kind of gravitated towards these parody songs because it still helps me uh, you know, it, it helps me be creative. And I mean, I figure if, uh, you know, Angus Young or David Lee Roth can make a rhyme, so can I. It's not that difficult. The hard part is making the music, right? The 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 uh, the uh, the melody, the easy part is just putting words in there. So, uh, but uh, again, yeah, being a failed musician, I totally get it. John's not too sympathetic to musicians. When, when we're in Mexico, he tries to, uh, he, he likes to throw a party and he wants to hire a band to play at his house. And 
him and I always have this philosophical debate because he's always, John's always upset because the band wants to charge more than let's say the caterers. And I always say, you have to understand that these, these guys in the band, they're artists and they've, they've worked 10,000 hours or whatever it is to, to be good at what they do. The guy who's serving you the chicken, he just knows how to cut the chicken. Anybody could do that. These people have a skill and uh, you're discounting that fact that, you know, um, you know you're trying to underpay them. And, and I can never get John to see my point of view. Well, he is a banker, like the name says on, 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 the, on the screen there. No, no I'm, well, I'm, the I'm, bank, the I'm actually the banker. Oh, but it's yes. a yeah, yeah, the, the label is Yes, anyway. I'm, I'm certainly not the banker. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate artists and all that. In fact, uh, my uh, next goal is to uh, see Elton John on his uh, final concert in London. So that's kind of like, uh, but uh, so that's kind of my uh, my next trip that I'm planning. I mean, that's one of my trips I'm planning in the future. But yeah, we go back and forth with the caterer company, catering company of six people, and the band of three people, and they're buying all the food and cooking everything. And the band comes in, takes a bunch of breaks, and the caterers are working like six hours. So yes, I get the whole artist thing, but I'm just saying, double the staff and no breaks. And the guy does a hell of a job with the chicken. <laughs> so I've done, I've done catering work as when I was in, in college, I had to pay my way through. And mm -hmm. I got to tell you, it's not as hard as being on stage sometimes. Okay? <laughs> so, so it's, it's harder to be, even if you're on my little stage, <laughs> because uh, obviously this is my house. So uh, it's pretty, uh, so uh, no, I could imagine. I mean, it, it's two different things, I guess, you know. And, um, not, 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 I, I, I get both. Argue, I, I've done all of it. I've, I've hired people. Mm -hmm. I've worked both areas and both sides of the industry of like the entertainment industry as an artist and the, you know, being a caterer and, and a waiter and, and all of that. Um, yeah. Uh, point is, I guess, I guess the point is the skill work that is required to do to be a musician is not always. Um, is not always understood by the general public. So people don't understand usually that it's like, uh, you know, playing guitar is not only just knowing a few chords and, and strumming, and it's not something that 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 alone in itself, that, that these few chords and strumming, that alone takes you, it could take you months to learn and to be like the next Eddie Van Halen, for example, or even half the musician or even less than that, that's years of practice and and all of my musicians that I work with all the good musicians even the ones that are not the not professional musicians they put hours and hours on end on on practice even if they're not on stage they're always practicing 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 there's always work to be done um so yeah so there's a lot of work going into that when you're catering and you're you 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 you, you I, I did that without a degree, without any knowledge of anything. I was yeah. like, I, I need a job. Hire well, me. I was, I was thinking what, what's going through my mind is that like, wow, if I had you down in Cabo, you could not only sing, but then on your break, you'd be like behind a grill, cooking a chicken, <laughs> running it out. <laughs> this is like a one-stop shop if I if I get you down to Mexico. That's, that's, my, <laughs> next that's, that's my next business model. That's, that's one of 
once this pandemic is over, I'm taking, I'm touring with my, uh, with my taco truck. There you go. <laughs> the singing, you can be a singing taco man. <laughs> I like the piano and the guitar and a bit of the drums. So I could do all of that. I could be a one-stop band. One stop up. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I love it. It's, it's always, it always is good though to have like a, I love when I speak to professional people and they've done like all kinds of jobs, you know, some menial jobs, some more expertise jobs. And it really is interesting when you talk to people and you find out like their background and all the jobs that they've had over the years. And especially when I speak to a lot of older people and I'm like, wow, you're an insurance agent, but you were a roofer, you were a butcher before this. It's just, it's, I find it amazing. Like, how the different walks of life, you know, you go through and, they, and the jobs you carry and, and the things you do just to get by. So I really, I, I think it's amazing. But I think at the end of the day, that what, that's kind of what makes us the people we are. You know, we appreciate what we've done and what we have. So I think that's really awesome to be able to say that. I would not change a thing. I would go through the whole process again. Um, life is, is a process, is a journey. So like you said, just turns you into what you are. Yes, definitely. I, I see that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, since this is a fireworks podcast, Gad, um, what, what yeah. are your thoughts on fireworks? Do you like fireworks? I love fireworks. I, I don't know as much about them as as uh, I feel like a bit. I, I, I was worried about this question because I don't know if there's a follow-up to it. <laughs> but Not really. Uh, I, do, I do love fireworks. I actually used to be quite a pyro when i was younger i burnt down my parents uh couch with experience <laughs> i got my own and they put the fear of god in me after that so i kind of let that go but it was a period where i was like super into into all that and we used to be as a kid i grew up in um in a small village small town and there was nothing to do it was like a suburban village um so we got I don't even remember how, but we used to get like these, they weren't fireworks, they were just loud explosives that makes a lot of noise. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, what are they, what are they called? Duds or what is it like? Just a firecracker. Just, yeah. But really super different, different types and like super loud. And we just made a pile and we got the, and, 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 and just the police got involved in the fire truck stuff. Huh. It was an explosion. And we I ran for, I remember running, just running. I was in really good shape back then. I just ran for 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 half an hour to get away from the from the chaos. It was um yeah, it was great. Great times. Um Yeah. The the big thing where you are is Guy Fox night and that's coming up, correct? Oh yeah, my cat hates it. That's yeah. that's that's the downside in, in fireworks is that I have you know, the the my pets are like uh are sensitive to it. But yeah, I, I myself I love it. Well, good, good. And then I guess the follow-up question is, did you ever think you'd be the number one singer of fireworks parody songs in the world? <laughs> I have it framed as like uh, my 10-year-old my self when my, my, my teacher asked me, what do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, like singer. Exactly that. Down, down to the name of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, that, that amazes me is that, you know, when I, we first did it, the first one we ever did was uh, – uh, rock star pyro, or, uh, yeah, uh, rock star pyro. 
viral. Yeah. Yeah, to the Foreigner song, uh, Jukebox Hero. And uh, you told me that was a very difficult song to sing, but that's certainly a different style. But we've done everything from that to Foo Fighters to uh, Neil Diamond to yeah. Van Halen to Kiss, um, uh, Bon Jovi, um, you know, ACDC, a couple of ACDCs. And, and, uh, and you're working on one now, which we won't spoil it for John. But uh, at the end of the day, you, you managed to nail every style. That's that's uh that's something um that's something that's that's awesome something you should be proud of is that is that hard to do or does that just come from you singing in clubs and and doing all your all your four different bands the different styles like that what would be your favorite genre everything rock basically so everything i sing has to have a little bit of rock into it so even if it's country even if i'll put in a bit of grunt into it even when we did uh um the Neil Diamond song. What was it? Uh, Sweet Pyro Time. Yeah. It was a challenging song in itself because it was so chill. And Neil Diamond has a deeper voice than I do. Um, but coincidentally, all the songs that 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 you throw at me are within the range of rock, country rock, or or it's all things that I do. Um, oh. Um, Oh yeah, I just remember we also did Master of Master of Rockets, like really short uh, Metallica one. That yeah, was awesome. we, we just did the we just did the uh, we just did the verse. Um, maybe someday if I have time, we'll uh, I'll try and write for the whole song. Cause that's a long song, so um, we I just wanted to have that because we actually we actually named a firework called Master of Rockets, and we have a label that looks just like the Metallica. Yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to have the song to go along with it, and and I just didn't have the time or the I I, I just and that was way back and we did that a couple of years ago. So I, I mean I think I've gotten a little bit better at it, but it would take a long time. And and the one the one that John was talking about, we tried to write together. We tried to write um, to uh, Brian Adams, the summer of '69. We try we're trying to write. The summer I burned my ride, so maybe that one will come up next. We'll see if we can get that done, but we we, we certainly have fun with it. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun. I so I mean, I'm the one now, and it's, it's super hard work, but it's fun. Um, yeah, you showed me the one that we're working on now. There's a lot of layers to that. I, I I didn't really appreciate the amount of layers that go into it, especially a song like that. There's a lot of production value on that song on the original. Yeah, that's um say yeah, yeah. I'm not I, we can't go into it too much. Like we don't want to spoil it. So I'm not going to so if but uh a lot of songs that 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 that, that in this like in this um in these projects I call them like in these parody parody projects. I I try to do it as closely as possible to the original to have that same sense and a lot of times they just got like a choir going on or just even if it's just people shouting in a room. I'm just this one guy that I have to shout like 15 times <laughs> into a microphone uh, to make it sound as if there's like a gang of, 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 of hoodlums here. Um, so there's just becomes like like a stupid amount of layers, like 20, 30 vocal layers just going going just saying, hey, hey, all the time or 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 singing the entire choruses like. Uh, um, we got like, like uh, "Go Big Go Loud" that we did. Um, 
which had lo loads of harmonies as well. I mean, yeah. Um, I forgot what was the question, to be honest. I'm just rambling now. But that's all right. What's uh, out of all these songs, uh, we got the list here. Which, uh, which one was your, which one do you think is your favorite, if you can remember back? And which one was the hardest to sing? Um, mm, I don't know. My favorite, Master of, I love singing Metallica songs just because of, of, of I get to do that. Yeah! Kind of thing that I love <laughs> to bring that out. But, um, and that was also quite hard, even though it was just a verse and a chorus, uh, wasn't it? Um, I think my favorite might be either PGI okay. or My Pyro. Because I'm, I'm, I'm I think that song came out so well. I was like, oh, I, that was like. Yeah, we had a good you know. instrumental track on that one, too. Yeah. Very good, very good instrumental. Yeah, I think it was like the actual recordings it was um, yeah 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 it was, it was really it was done really well yeah so um, it was like you yeah. singing to the foo fighters actually yeah yeah and uh, that's that's a good backing you know, band to have right right um so that that was probably my f i i would say that maybe that was my favorite but i'm not sure because because acdc i was like my favorite band ever um and and we did it bon jovi yeah also like one of my favorites but uh they're also good i don't know <laughs> well that's good. Uh, well what's my hardest you also asked i think again one of the acdc's well probably probably trying to get brian johnson's vocals yeah. same way that he goes that's that was most more challenging than actually singing the song i think that was the hardest bit to get like this um um you give me all night long he has this sounds ah, like a crop <laughs> uh yeah. so that, that was um that was that was hard so uh, so i guess then at the end of the day um uh what about us do you i mean you know do you have any questions for us any fireworks questions anything uh any questions you think you could you would have for a couple pyro guys in Chicago? No, oh, put them on the spot. You put me on the spot. That wasn't in the list. <laughs> Sorry uh, about that. Well, one more question. Uh, what? what do, you ever, do you ever do you ever come to the states? Do you ever come out this way? I was. I lived in New York for a bit. Um, before moving to London, I was scouting the area. We thought about moving back to, because I lived in Wisconsin when I was a kid with my family. And then we left. And then I went back to New York to see if I can make a thing out of it um, before settling into uh, Europe and London, actually. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I definitely I, I I have friends in the in 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 LA and in New York still and in Canada, I think okay. they're moved. I don't know. I have people um in places. Um, I do want to visit, but I'm I I don't not to get too much into politics, but right now I'm a bit scared. <laughs> so, You're not the only one. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit I'm just waiting a week, seeing what what how things are gonna shape up. Let's see what happens in two weeks. Yeah, we all are. 
Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. This, okay. this, if if we keep going down, this this conversation is going to be a rabbit hole that I, I uh, no, no, that's just, all right. We we don't want to get political. We just like to talk about fireworks and music, so we're good. So hey, so you know what? fireworks though. I mean, how we're does not- how does this how how does this work for you guys? I mean, what's your? I guess I don't actually know what's your actual business model is. Uh, neither do we. No. Um, well, my business model, I'm in the fireworks business. Okay. So that's what I do. Uh, retail, wholesale. That is uh, what I do for a living. Uh, and a couple other businesses as well. But fireworks is my main business. And then Ron, he is a banker. And, but, you know, he's like a frustrated, uh, I'd say, DJ, singer, drummer, uh, parody songwriter. So uh, he came to me with this idea that we should, and he loves podcasts. Like I listen to music, he really like listens to podcasts. So um, he said, you know what? We should do the very first Pyro podcast. So it kind of started off with you know just you know two good friends getting together once a month and talking about you know just hey what'd you do today and whatever. But then also and we always touched on on more Pyro and fireworks, of course, around the world. So. Now we try to uh, stay focused a little bit more on fireworks. You know, we still joke around a lot and have some fun doing it, but we try and stay focused more on fireworks and questions and, and making it fun as well. Uh, because we learned our listeners, we don't want to listen to me and him talk about <laughs> whatever. So they really want to listen to us talk about fireworks. And uh, my background in the fireworks business, and uh, I know a lot of people in the fireworks industry, a lot of people, I guess, know me more than I know them, I'm sure. So it's kind of a nice thing to, um, you know, see customers come in like, yeah, I listen to your podcast, and I heard you, and, you know, and then different conventions we do, we always do a podcast from the convention. So it was kind of, in the beginning, it was like, we're not going to use the term free anymore. In the beginning, it was free advertising, but it hasn't. I've never seen that free mark come in yet. But uh, it's really not advertising for us, but it's advertising for the the um, you know the whole the whole fireworks industry, and uh, it's bringing awareness to a lot of people that we touch and we listen to and we reach. So it brings awareness to the whole fireworks industry, some of the problems that we have in it, some of the good things, the bad things. So that's kind of, you know, Fireworks Brigade doesn't really have a business model more than a passion for the fireworks industry. And then, you know, like say Ron's got his day job, I have my day job, we kind of put them together and it seems to work pretty well. How how do you become a fireworks expert? You have to go, is there like, I'm seriously, I was wondering, how do you get to handle these explosives? safely <laughs> like how do you do that well that's why this hand is gone no just kidding you know um it's you know i mean it's just something that you know as a, as a child like you remember uh it's something that i've always been passionate about and um i've always been more sales orientated and business minded so um i started off uh buying fireworks for myself to do my own personal show and then I realized when I would come home with the fireworks, more and more friends and family members wanted to like have some of my fireworks, which would make me go back and buy more for myself 
since I already sold half of what I bought. So that's kind of how the business started. And then, you know, once you're in the fireworks industry, you start going to conventions. Well, then you start going to classes and, uh, and, and shooting classes on how they do it and how they make fireworks. And you kind of get more interested in it. And uh, in the early years, of course, when you're young, you're like a sponge and you want to be out on the field, uh, you know, digging the trenches for the mortar tubes and, and learning everything about it and doing shows, which has always been fun for me. And, you know, nowadays I'm basically more on the retail side of things. And uh, but I do enjoy doing some of the shows we do, especially for private events, corporate events. And um, so that's kind of where. Uh, I really enjoy it. You know, I mean, I, I'm one of the few people that could probably say I, I like what I do. A lot of people never get that chance for me, um, and I can still make a living, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, I think it's just passed along yeah. from uh, some of the old school guys, and it gets passed along down and down through generations. And like like John said, he's been doing this for a long time, ever since we've known each other for 40 years. Uh, so when we first met, he was selling fireworks out of his trunk, and then it just grew to something where he ended up owning a company out in North Dakota, which is a ways. But if you're familiar with Wisconsin, so you know where North Dakota is, obviously. But um, and uh, it's grown from there. And and the podcast is really we're on our 99th episode, is what this is, and um, it's just something that you know. We started off a little goofy, doing some goofy things, but we went to other countries and we've done it from many states and many conventions. And now uh, we we almost uh, we get a lot of uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. contacting us, thanking us for keeping them informed because we do talk to like the National Fireworks Association, PGI, and we have those folks on the podcast as well. Uh, fireworks is a pretty much an analog industry, right, in a digital world, so they're still. Mm-hmm you know, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty old school. So uh, having a podcast kind of uh, brings them up a little bit and helps get the word out there to a lot of folks who are just more old school with the red and white striped tent on the side of the road and things like that. So um, we do provide that kind of service to those folks. And, and it does add some advertising and it's a way for us to get creative. And with the YouTube channel now, it's been even more uh, creative as well. So it's a, Definitely a labor of love. It's not like we make any money doing this. Well, that's that's the fir- that's the most important thing. I mean, um, got to do what you love. Yeah, absolutely. I, so, well, yeah, well, awesome. we we appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> we we appreciate you taking the time to come on with us and uh, appreciate you doing all these songs for us. It's it's really great, and uh, you know. I'll try and keep them coming, but I can't wait to hear the one that we got in the works now. It should be really good. Yeah, yeah, it's coming along nicely. Uh, fingers crossed. I'll send something soon. Thanks for so having I, me. So I think what we need to do, though, is we have to plan. You know, I love London, so we have to plan a, a podcast in London. You know, we've done them from all over, but we have not done one in London. So I think that's uh, what we're going to have to work on, Ron. Once this whole travel pandemic and everything else gets kind of lifted, maybe we can uh, make that happen. Yeah, you know, any fire, you know any fireworks guys out there? I I, I know two potential guys uh, <laughs> not in the city right now, I mean, but they're planning on coming. All right. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. Actually, I might. Well, maybe. No, wait. I need to check because, you know, gigs, we, have, we sometimes have pyrotechnics. Um, so I oh. might know someone. Someone. 
So if that's something that's that's uh, interesting, we can we can keep that channel uh, open. But in any case, when you're coming, you're invited. Obviously, we can do the podcast from here. I mean, uh, I got everything set up. Perfect. Right. Oh, that would be way too awesome. That'd really be fun. Yeah, just make sure you do it in around uh, May. It's going to be great weather. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, thanks again. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And, Thank uh, yeah. you.
All right, we're back, John. All righty. Wow, that was a good like, interview. He's a nice guy. I you know, like him. I'm glad he told me he came from Wisconsin because I was going to say, you have no English accent, but you're in London. <laughs> he doesn't have, yeah, I, I know he doesn't have much of an English accent. Right. And I was uh, just curious because, you know, singers, they have this huge accent. And then when they right. sing, there's no accent. No, but he's from Wisconsin. Yeah, so oh, yeah. he's from Wisconsin, lived made in New sense. York. Yeah, made so sense. So it made sense. Uh, you've never been to London. London's a, I wanna go. a great spot. I really, really like it a lot. Yeah, and my birthday was two days ago. And, I, you know, I, I don't get many gifts. I get something from my son, which is very nice, but it's my money anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and Pauline gets me a couple little things. But I got I, you a cool card. You did. You got yeah. me a very cool yeah, card. Cool and, card. And I, think yeah. I, heard, I think I heard you say the painting I didn't have to pay for. But we'll yeah, see. yeah. You don't <laughs> pay for that. But I bought myself a... Um, I bought myself something. Yeah, I'm sure you do that. Like on your birthday, you might go out and buy yourself a little something. Yeah, every day I do that. Because <laughs> I, I have no kids in college. So no, I yeah, I yeah. know, I know. I bought myself, and I know you, you might know what these are. Did you ever go in the Toomey store? Uh-huh. And did you ever see those leather luggage tags they got? They got one for Hong Kong, New York, London. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. And it's, it's, I'll show it to you. It's upstairs before I leave. And the, but the London one, it's, it's like this big. It's long. Mm-hmm. And it's green. I, you can't really put it on your luggage because somebody will steal it. But yeah, it's, it's not cheap. It's to me, but it's green and it says London. It looks like it's like a retro looking ticket. Oh, yeah. They got one for Hong Kong, one for Tokyo, one for New York, um, London, and um, one other country. That Almost every place I've been. Nice. Yeah, it would be cool for you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, but uh, anyway, I bought myself. I was I thinking more like when I say I go buy myself a gift every day. I was thinking more like a Reese's peanut butter cup. But you know, well, whatever. I mean, the luggage tag wasn't that expensive. Yeah, it's just a luggage tag. <laughs> well, it was more uh, than my Reese's peanut butter. Well, cup. yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. It was considerably more than the Reese's yeah. peanut butter cup, but you know, not as much. I'm as saving a up watch. now. I'm saving up for my Christmas present, which is a steering wheel. You know, a steering wheel for what? For the boat. Oh, okay. getting a steering wheel, a new steering wheel, because uh, you know they said, "Why is that steering wheel so big?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I I should have a smaller steering wheel." So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Saving up for that now. All right. North Dakota. Every once in a while, we talk about North Dakota. John, North Dakota seeks to reallocate 16 million in federal coronavirus relief toward fracking. So, North Dakota governor is facing criticism after seeking to repurpose $16 million of emergency coronavirus federal funds for grants to encourage fracking across the state. So, you know, North Dakota got $221 million in federal funding uh, for COVID-19 response, uh-huh. and the governor of North Dakota decided to put, uh, to put $16, $16 million million. of it towards fracking. Well, he... What you do know, you think about that? Um, I think he should wait, because... Biden's going to get rid of fracking if he gets in. Yeah, Biden said no saw, fracking. I was going to ask you if you saw the yeah. debate. Yeah, well, I, I walked away with four things out of the debate that I picked up, and that's only my small little mind. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'd be all involved. I, you know, I give North Dakota credit because wasn't um, also North, North Dakota, they wanted to put another $2 million into, they wanted him to put $2 million into advertising about wearing a mask. And he said, no, we oh. don't need to spend $2 million on educating people to wear a mask. Yeah, how can you not know? When everybody knows, everywhere you go, there's a sign up. Yeah. So, no, we're not yep. going to do that. So I, I, I applaud that I, guy. I, I agree with you because the amount of money the state of Illinois and, is spending on this mask and also this baloney with this fair tax that they're just oh, hand, every commercial is this fair tax. I know. And just by seeing those many commercials, it makes you leery. It's like there's got to be something to this because they wouldn't. Yeah. It had to be tens of millions if, of dollars. If you saw tens of millions of dollars saying yeah. vote no. 
you think it was something. Right. So by urging everyone to vote yes, it once again, same powers that be want to just talk you into something that you don't yeah. that you don't know anything about. That's yeah. a problem with most yeah. people. So um so yeah, I well here's the way I look at it. He he didn't realize he realized they don't need the two hundred twenty million or whatever they got. Put sixteen million dollars into fracking, but doesn't that give once again it gives jobs, boost the economy? The two hundred twenty million dollars is a one-time whatever, right? But if you invest that money wisely, it can be perpetual. And um, yeah, I'm I'm all in favor of give that. A, give I mean, a man a fish, he can eat. Teach a man to fish, he can feed him. Teach a man to fish, he can right. you know he can eat for the rest of his life. You right. know, so um, you know it's just like um, you know. The schools, you know, you get so much money a year and you have to spend it. Well, that is just a big waste of money. How about we give you the school? We give it to you. If you don't need it, it goes in a special fund and maybe it's invested or maybe it's not. And then if when if you do need it, it's there. It's like a savings, right. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, you know, when we get in trouble, what do people say? You know, how about when I get in trouble with the bank? What's the bank say? Don't you have any savings? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what are you thinking? Right? You got yeah. no savings. You got yeah. no savings. Absolutely. Same thing. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. So absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that he took the $16 million. But like you say, you got um, you got our buddy Joe Biden out there saying oil's dirty and we're not going to frack no more. And then, of course, he says he didn't say it, but, you know, he's on record. Well, you yeah, know. and Joe Biden's a little I mean, he seems to be yeah. the other day. He called Trump George. Uh, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, he's well, you know, after 47 years of being in in uh, politics, he has said so many things over the years, just like anyone would do, you know, uh, you may, you know, I, if you interviewed me years ago and I'd say, God, I love the Dodge charger. I love to buy one of those. And then you'd hear me saying, who in the heck would buy a Dodge charger? You know, I'm right. just saying, you know, things change. Yeah. Thing, I, you know, I mean, uh, super predators, you know what I mean? You know, these are things that you say over the years, but what, what that tells me is he basically, says whatever you want him to say what, what he whatever you yeah to say. whatever else is there but he seems a little you um know. you know uh, what's the term when you get old and you get um dementia he yeah he dementia. yeah well when I he mean, called yeah. his wife his daughter and his daughter his wife that can was the right. first clue I mean, he called trump george, george. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah he's you know and i like when he says this clown don't know he's over that's just, he calls him clown just like the english call people love they don't remember their name right. <laughs> yeah, well, right exactly yeah i mean so, he's yeah, he's the kind of guy you see, you know, standing, you know, standing yeah. in the punch bowl with his dingus in the ice sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, and well, that's why he's they, at the party, you know, and that's what I said, you know, and that's what I said. Give him his pudding and send him home, you yeah, know, exactly. but I, I will. I'm going to go on record and say this. I honestly I think uh, Nancy Pelosi will probably find him unfit within six months. Well, Kamala Harris, she's, and then she's and then Kamala wild, Harris man. will be in charge of the country. So I hope people keep that in mind when they're voting. But you know, uh, and I think, and I honestly think that she tried to test the waters with Trump when he got Corona. Oh yeah, she came she, out with right that. away. She was the first one to say, "Well, we should remove him from office." Like you know, her nineteenth or twentieth try to remove him from office in the last right. four years. This right. is her. Right. This is her like last ditch effort. Like she'd go on and saying, "I got him removed." You know, I yep. mean, like yeah. you know. So, but 
Uh, honestly, I think by paving that way, and you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah. that she talked about. I never heard of it that no. you could actually yeah. unseat the president. And all you know? of a sudden, it came back. Yeah. So uh, I got a feeling that um, you know she'll slip him up, and you see already when he gets a little uh, little worked up, he's like, gah, gah, gah. yeah, he starts you know he's doing that stuttering and stuff. So I think uh, you might see Nancy Pelosi get him all worked up and say, look, he can't even speak. We got to get rid of him. Right. Yeah, so, no, well, we'll yeah. see. I don't know. But I mean, you know, uh, good luck to every candidate, as I always say. But um, yeah, Joe's, um, you know, got to take his happy pills or whatever and, you know, get himself, uh, you know. That's Dino. You always said Dino takes happy pills. Dino does take happy pills. They don't they don't work, <laughs> but he takes the happy pills. All right. One last goofy story, John. You know what a cellmate is, John? Uh, yes, I do. Well, what is it? No. Uh, cellmate is uh, someone that you're in prison with. No, this is a Bluetooth-enabled male chastity belt. A Bluetooth-enabled male chastity male belt. Male chastity It's called belt. the Cellmate. Look at that. It looks like, almost looks like a razor from here. But um, this is the makers of a smart male chastity device has recommended using a screwdriver to break it open after warnings it can be locked remotely by hackers. Mm. So it's a blue, the Bluetooth-controlled here. The Bluetooth-controlled Cellmite device can only be unlocked via an app. Its manufacturer, the Chinese company Kui, issued a video titled When Nothing Else Works, showing the screwdriver fixed. It's marketed both as an anti-cheating and submission sex play device. I know that's you do that on the weekends, right? Mm, sure. Sex play? Yeah. A Cellmite, which clamps a metal ring around the genitals, is vulnerable to being exploited by hackers who could lock them en masse, potentially trapping thousands of users. So there could be like thousands of guys in the country, and all of a sudden this thing locks up on your dingus in case you cannot contact our customer support. You'd never want to hear that when the thing is locked onto your Johnson. Yeah, so let's say... <laughs> so. so Okay, here's what, you know, okay. First, we get the COVID from China. Now we're getting a chastity belt from China. Right. And they're they're and they're and becoming a cashless society uh-huh. with all this stuff. And so do we really need anything more from them I, <laughs> right now? Uh, I mean, besides fireworks, we really don't need this. And, uh, you know, and then how about this? Your girlfriend comes up to you and says, I want you to wear this. Yeah, my question would be why. Yeah, okay. why? Why? And then I would say, well, if you don't trust me, you know, then what are you going out with me for? Right. And <laughs> and then, um, you know, I mean, how about? Uh, I mean, I don't I, know, but I, I, maybe a little different spin on this. Maybe something that um, locks up. The women's area. Well, there's a there's female chastity belts. Okay. Uh, well, I'm saying like, but this this one that's on your app and all that, because then I could see, uh, and I'm gonna go. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with this, but <laughs> but um, because you know a, a girl is afraid or whatever, you know, getting raped or whatever like that, so oh. she puts this on. Okay. Okay. But. Now, also comes a reason why I don't give out my combination to anybody for my safe. Right. I would rather have the criminal try and beat it out of them right. because if they don't know it, they they you know could beat them all you want, you could kill them, yeah, and he's they're not gonna, not gonna get it. You right. know what I mean? Where you give a few people, especially women, some right. wax, and the next thing they're telling the safes or telling everything else that's right. in there. So, but so that leads okay. Now you put on his chastity belt, and then right. this guy. 
that just really pisses him off. Now he's getting a hammer. He's beating the hell out of you, you know, because he wants in there. Right. And then he's, and he's grabbing your phone. He's doing all kinds right. of apps. Well, I mean, it could be hacked. That's the funny uh, thing. You yeah. know, an eight-year-old from China has got my dingus locked up. Yeah. And, you know, I... I can't get Siri to play the right song. I'm going to trust this thing to lock and, my... And I can see this <laughs> in frog. China because so many Chinese businessmen always seem to have like a wife and a girlfriend. You know, that's like... Oh, a, maybe so, it's big in China. So, yeah, well, they ought to just keep it in China then instead of trying to lock us up. Well, I guess smart sex toys and devices are among a new wave of new internet things, products and appliances introduced in recent years, and it could be operated remotely. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, John. So. Yeah, I just see like I'm out here and all the... <laughs> Uh-oh, I got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> who's, like, got, know, who's got, yeah, who's got, who's hacking me? Yeah. Instead of just like, and who's then hacking? All of a sudden, you know, and then God forbid this thing closes when you're like, maybe just, you know, having a good time Woody. How do you got go to, to, well, I'm sure it's got a hole in the bottom for you. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. So, but this could catch in a midtime Woody thing. Yeah, well, that would be bad. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to one more thing, John. Just all right. Ask. Steve Jobs, the, the you might not have heard this. The traits Steve Jobs believed indicate high intelligence. So somebody talked to Steve Jobs about this, and he provided all sorts of insights into people and leadership during his lifetime. Um, so one of the things that he said, and, and I'm going to might struggle because it's very small print, a lot of what it means to be smart is the ability to zoom out like you're in a city and you could look at the whole thing from... 80th floor down to at the city and while other people are trying to figure out how to get from point a to point b reading these stupid little maps you could just see it in front of you you can see the whole thing job says in the talk that's a fascinating concept conception of smarts but it raises the inevitable question how do you develop the ability to get a bird's eye view of the situation in this way the answer jobs goes on to say is to be intellectual omnivore um, and this is, I kind of thought of you, exploring the world in unique and unexpected ways. You have to, you have to not have the same bag of experiences as everyone else does, or else you're going to make the same connection and you won't be innovative. You might want to think about going to Paris and being a poet for a few years, or you might want to go to a third world country. I'd highly advise that falling in love with two people at once, uh, anything like that. Walt Disney took LSD. So uh, from what I'm reading is basically he's saying, and, and why it made me think of you is, is that, that story you always tell about how when you and I were in Singapore and this guy was like, free tickets, come on and follow me. And you're like, yeah, let's go follow him. And I'm like, how do we know what the hell's going to happen here? This guy might Bird's eye us. view. Right. And you had the bird's eye view. But that's, and I think in order to be a successful CEO of any organization, you need to have a bird's eye view. You can't yeah. pigeon, pigeonhole yourself. You know, you know that the guy on the forklift, you know he's going to go from point A to point B. He's going to take this and put it there and that's it. But you yeah. need to see how it's going to get laid out and then how it's going to get shipped and all that stuff. So I, it just made me think of it. It's an yeah. interesting thing from Steve Jobs. That uh, it is quite interesting. Um, yeah, I, I guess once again, it's probably just like we talked about, you know, closed mind, open mind. You know, um, I think in business you need to, um, you know, you, do, you have to see you have to see the start and the finish almost together. Right, and that's basically what he's saying. You know, and uh, and I kind of said, uh, you know, uh, with the um, you know uh, construction of another building, where I said this was what I saw 
in the future. This is the final piece of the whole pie that I wanted to achieve when I started a company, you know, 15, whatever years ago it was. This was the, so, you know, I've seen, I, I knew where it had to wind up. It just takes many years to get there. Well, and right, this, right. and this is the final piece of the puzzle. And of course, um, it may need to be expanded, but that's how it was supposed to look from the beginning. Right. And now you're there. And now I'm there, yeah, you know, yeah, so. so like I say, so it's being able to see the finish at the same time you see the start, uh, is very helpful. Yeah, so, absolutely. Oh, know. good. So, all right. Well, that's it, home. Now that was it. Ninety nine in the books. We're gonna go on to one hundred, John. One hundred in Thanksgiving weekend. I'm yeah, thinking. that's I, what I'm thinking. I got nothing special. I don't know what to do because we had to cancel everything. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll think of something, and uh, you know, maybe we'll. Um, Maybe smash some of these helmets or something, you know. I'm looking. Oh, I'm sitting How there. Dare and, you smash I'm my sitting here in the studio looking at all these signatures, and I, I see the white one though. The signature's kind of fading. That's, yes, that's yeah, some of them they faded. Yeah, that's kind of bad, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like on the white, it looks like they mostly faded. So we, yeah, we might we might sit around. Well, I mean, um, you know, I watched. Uh, you know what's her name Osborne. So that's what made me think of it. Then he like bunch, who smashed a bunch of records. Radio station. Oh, Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Ozzy Osbourne, and he bites some, you know, some uh, heads off a chicken. No, a bat. Oh, there you go. He was the start of the Wuhan COVID. <laughs> he, he bit the head off of a bat. Yeah. And, see, and, and we peed. had, and, see, and there you go. We had no virus. And we he had peed, no virus. And he peed on the Alamo. And we had no virus. No, we had no virus back then. No. <laughs> and he might have put out a fire in Texas. He might have. He might have. He might have. Uh, yeah. <clears> so, see, that's what I mean. So, I'm sure he did not have nothing planned. He's like, you know what? Let me bite the head off this bat. And then Steve Dahl probably had, was a boring day. And he's like, you know what? Let me just burn all these disco records. So, see? Yeah. So, you. we may. I mean, there's. Um, my point is, I'm hopeful that you'll come up with something. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, I mean, uh, just a normal. I got a new parody song. Yeah, you got coming. a new parody I, song. I, I mean, that, that in itself is, is good. Yeah, no, no, that's good. But I mean, you know, we and, were. Um, I mean, we, maybe we could do it remotely somewhere. Go to Skeena, Go to Cabo Wabo. Yeah. Maybe Cabo Wabo. Well, I, I mean, I I'm idea. just. I'm maybe. Uh, I don't know how it'll work, but maybe we could do part of the podcast. Uh, when we present our little gift to my favorite bar in Cabo, if it's open. Uh, oh, the saloon bar? Yes. Yes, we're going to take the cartel night there. Yes. Right. So, or we're we're going to do an unboxing. Or is it going to be in a box, or we'll just have to uh, fake it? We'll have to fake it. Put it under a napkin or something, yeah, so because I mean, you can't. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's going in a Miata. I think the, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a little... I don't right. know so, where Oscar's going to sit at this point. So the cartel night, will, <laughs> cartel night will go to its original birthplace, and yes. uh, we'll, yeah, well, no, so we, we can might record have to there, do yeah. something, you know, uh, some type of. Thing I got to bring the portable recorder, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I was saying something like yeah, that. Yeah, now, yeah, don't yeah. forget, I do have some podcast equipment somewhere in the cabinets in Cabo. No, no, yeah, you will no, you have you enough to record. Stuff, you have enough yeah. to record a podcast, but not to go remotely. No, God, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, so, but we, I, I don't never go where boldly where no man goes or something like that. Say I don't trust you. You might uh, do something with the equipment, but you have no idea how to work anything. No, God, no, no. The only <laughs> no. thing I could probably do potentially is sell it. <laughs> you, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, put yeah, that I mean, yeah, yeah. That's like something I could do. It's like, do we really need this? <laughs> well, we'll get a cheaper one. Yeah. Heck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a Magnavox. We don't need Magnavox. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get the we'll get the cheaper China brand. You know. Well, yeah. The equipment in Cabo is not exactly top of the line no but uh, come on we don't need top of the line and i hope joey's there joey nj gary joey i hope he's there yeah yeah uh, we'll see we what we'll um, talk to him and no uh, it's always fun and we yeah 
you know, even though Cabo is a nice atmosphere, we still got a lot of work to do, a lot of banking work, and it's yeah, kind of a once, a once a year type yeah. type of thing to do. And uh, yes, you'll uh, you'll um, constructively take me from feeling a very high position in life down to a very low <laughs> your low, net worth yes, yes. it's not good John. i mean like point. yeah last time i got back to the house i nearly drowned myself <laughs> in the pool <laughs> yeah well <laughs> but i was but lucky for me i can only afford a five foot pool so i wasn't able to yeah, see that's what i mean so being the poor guy is not always a bad idea you know no, not at all not yes. at all. well we'll try and come up with something good and if not we'll just have to you know we'll we'll wing it but uh oh we did do the hundred shots Cody B. Yes, we me did out. the 100 shots, we did Cody 11 B. 9 shot racks and then one finale. So we got 100 shots. So we'll, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll definitely play that and we could talk about that and watch it. Um, and uh, I'll have a video made for that and that'll go on the YouTube channel. A lot of the pyros will want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more than they'll want to see any of these parody songs, but heck yes. with them. So. And All I right. had a joke for something we were talking about just a little while ago, and I thought it was a great joke. And then um, I, you got me off the subject, and it was a good joke, and I can't remember Sorry about what that. we were talking about. So maybe it'll come to me, and I can tell uh, you the joke off the air. All right. Well, that's it. Let's go. Let's get out of here, and then uh, we will see everybody for episode 100. 100. Woo! 99 is in the books. Victor Mousetrap. I came home to a bloodbath. 